Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this series, I'm interviewing board member candidates, and with me in this segment is Tim Wells. Tim, how are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here again. <laughs> yeah, it's good to good to hear from you again. It's it's been a while, and I know you're like on episode two of season one. And um, <laughs> as I've been kind of warning everybody else, I'm, I'm going to try really hard to just stay on topic um, and kind of let you do most of the talking and. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just take some of these questions. Um, again, I've received a ton of them. I've pulled the ones that I feel kind of uh, best, like represent all the questions we've received. But by by all means, we can kind of go into into the eaches. So um, we'll start with the first one, and that is, what is your elevator pitch to describe USA Dodgeball, its mission, and what makes it unique to other sports? Absolutely. So from you know, top-down level, the mission should be to grow the sport in a healthy manner, right? To have a strong community that supports each other uh, and to grow our player base, especially coming out of a pandemic where people haven't been able to play dodgeball for a lot of time. We've had a lot of people that have retired. We've had a lot of people that have, um, you know, decided to do other things. And we need to come back to the core of what makes dodgeball unique. I know that for a lot of people, it's having played it as a, as a child. And so, I know that, you know, trying to get engagement at various levels, be it um, youth, middle school, high school, college, NCAA, uh, getting that engagement and to build a flow so that people have played it before they get to the premier level, the rec level. Uh, I think that should be the long-term goal. Um, and then within that, we can dive into to more how to get there. Awesome. And... Um... We'll we'll definitely hit your main priorities and your goals, but we'll we'll go with. Um, if you want to give more about yourself and also what what makes you qualified to be on the board. Absolutely. So it's a, a rather long history. I feel old saying this. Um, I started in 2013, 2014. Uh, I met you know Mark Akam at um, a pre elite dodgeball tournament that he and Glenn was running in, in Chicago. Um, you know, we started talking, uh, we had an idea of running a, uh, a national dodgeball tournament. Uh, and so we ended up putting that together. And so my very first tournament was in 2014 and that was the elite throwdown where we flew a bunch of teams from all over the country up to Rochester, New York in the dead of winter, uh, to play a day of all dodgeball. Uh, and for me, that was my first time seeing how much talent and how much potential that the sport is. Uh, and then from there, I ended up, you know, becoming the, the East Coast representative for elite dodgeball. Uh, we went for five, six seasons. I, I, it, it was a lot of fun memories. Anyways, I uh, probably ran 20, 30 regional tournaments and five or six national tournaments, right? So there's a lot of exposure on what we did, the foundation that we set. Um, and then going forward in the meantime, I moved to New York City uh, about a year ago. During the pandemic still, there wasn't any dodgeball. Uh, so I decided to start my own and I ended up um, calling on a couple of other leagues in the area. And so we have a league in Rochester, which is where I went to college. Uh, and then we have uh, a drop in here since it's incredibly difficult to get venues. Um, the spaces that I have, it's hard to get it at times that are conducive to leagues. Uh, and so in that meantime, running a lot of drop-ins, meeting a lot of people. Um, uh, I'm playing on Big Apple right now, which is the LGBT league in the city. I rep for them. I uh, try to help out where I can, um, and then with other organizations in, in the region. I know there's one starting up on Long Island that I've I've been, you know, 
helping them get everything in order. Um, so that's my background in a, you know, short, <laughs> short time frame. Awesome. And that kind of answer is, unless you want to revisit that one, and that is, what is your biggest contri- contribution to the sport off the court to date? So obviously setting up Elite, um, building up the East, um, helping Mark with the whole Elite National Tour. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that question? Well, outside of, I guess outside of Elite, uh, uh, starting leagues here and trying to grow New York to be a hub, uh, I look at la and i look at other cities that have this robust community um and i get jealous right it's uh you know you're one of the biggest cities in the world and the community here um there are communities but i think that there's so much potential here that i felt like it was a disservice for me to not try and bring people together through dodgeball here um and so that's what i've been focusing on um you know the last year year or so gotcha what are your main priorities slash goals for the board Absolutely. And uh, lucky for me, it's pretty fresh having come right off of town hall. But um, a lot of these topics were, were um, put into detail in just a minute, right? So to elaborate a little bit more, I think we need to really emphasize our USA membership organizations. I think that there's been a lot of new leagues that have started over the last year and a half that I think that we should be taking a more active role in guiding, um, leading through how to get more members, if someone doesn't know the process in general, you know, someone's going into it having never run a tournament, having never run a league, we as the USA Dodgeball organization need to be their resource. We need to be there to say, hey, this is how you start this. This is how you go and get venues. If you're having trouble here, maybe word, you know, your pitch a little bit differently. Um, let's get you some insurance. Let's get you an LLC. Uh, if you have any trouble with taxes and you're not sure on that, you know, here's a reference that we might use. You know, we as the USA Dodgeball are we have the ability to guide and be a resource for new people that want to grow their community right and the only way that the premier the usa dodgeball the the national scene is going to get bigger and recover from the last couple of years is we need a a large base of people that play dodgeball doesn't have to be competitive doesn't have to be you know the way that, that we play it regularly but i think that we need to foster that growth and if anyone is even remotely interested in starting their own league or adding to the community we need to be there to to help them get to that next level Um, also i do think that with ncda being such a large organization i think that of all the member organizations ncda is is unique in the sense that they're in so many different colleges. There's so many, you know, freshman, sophomore, senior, 18 to 22, right? That that age where if they like it in college, they're more likely to play rec leagues, professional travel. Uh, I think that the NCDA president, whoever that may be, should have a non-voting membership status on the board just so that whenever they need anything, they can come to us. If they need help expanding to another region, maybe we know someone, maybe we can put them in contact. Um, and if they, you know, the way that I see it is um, if they're having trouble getting a venue at a, at a university or something, we as USA Dodgeball can help them get a venue, right? Like there's synergies that can be had, not just with NCDA, but with a lot of membership organizations. Um, and, and that's ultimately how we're going to grow the sport. Gotcha. 
The next question still kind of focuses on growth, um, but, but it's been asked several times, so I definitely want to make sure that I keep this in here. And that is, um, and you, it, you may be reiterating a lot of what you said, but um, how do you plan to grow other regions um, such as like the South or, or the North where, um, you know, it's been voiced that there's, there's some difficulty there or challenges rather? Of course. Um, I know that it, it takes a certain um, personality, right, to be the extrovert and, and meet a bunch of people and invite them and all that outreach, right? That takes a certain uh, level of passion. And I think that um, we as the you know, overarching community, we should be able to know who who's passionate, right? And we should at least be able to reach out and say, hey, what are you doing? Like, what's not working? It's working. How can we help you? Uh, and especially if you're in a region that, that you're interested enough to want to play and you see there's no league going on, that should be the call of maybe that's that's my role in this, right? Maybe that's something that I can do to contribute and they should rest assured that we have a plan, we can help them, right? And so that I think is, is where we should be going with that. And I think we should also have uniform rules uh, for new membership organizations so that if someone does decide they want to try a tournament, someone does decide they want to try going to the Premier League, they're at least familiar with what that might look like. I think also with our existing members, we should be hosting tournaments that are not necessarily Premier, uh, but providing a platform so that people that are playing rec, maybe they're not aware of what the next level looks like. Um, having tournaments that are local to the community, you know, not USA Travel members, you're not going to get people throwing headshots at super fast speeds at, at people that have never even played in the USA Premier League, right? right? I think that trying to foster growth and show rec league players that there's another forum, there's another style to play dodgeball. If you like this, maybe you like the Premier League, come try it out, right? But I think that the more exposure that we can get and the more that we can partner with our membership organizations, um, that's how we'll move forward. hope that didn't harp too much on the you know, answering the question again, but yeah. No, I think you're fine. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit because this is something that seems to be, um, I don't say hot topic because I, even though I probably said the exact same thing in every single interview, but how would you address toxicity in the sport? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different definitions, right? What is toxic for someone might not be toxic for someone else. And what is unbecoming conduct should be universal, right? First and foremost, if you're having, you know, uh, a team conflict or something like that, I'm not necessarily sure that we should be arbitrating that kind of stuff, but harassment, abuse, you know, whether verbal or, or other, I think that first and foremost, when we go and sign up for USA Dodgeball, we sign and acknowledge that we've read the rules and conduct that says all the rules of what can happen, what will happen if you do X, Y, and Z. Uh, and so that falls back on USA Dodgeball to enforce the policies and procedures that everyone has already agreed to. The, the buy-in has already been had, right? So if there is toxicity that's violating our, our rules and conduct, we need a judicial rules committee, what have you, that is able to have a body of people, not necessarily you know, dodgeball players, but that can be a third party, unbiased, hey, here's all the facts, let's throw this in front of a, a committee here, let's see you know, what happens here. And those rules should be consistent. 
they should be very visible. When you sign up, I, everyone should have read the rules and procedures and the policies way ahead of time. There should be no surprises in how that procedure works out. We would hope that no one gets into a disciplinary issue, but there should be some expectation of here's how this process works. Um, and so, you know, again, it's hard to grow a community when you have toxic players. And unfortunately, if the same toxicity comes from the same players, and that's restricting growth from the community and the sport, um, that's a different conversation, right? So. Yeah, it's, I'm biting my tongue because I, I really like a lot of the answers that I'm getting with this one. That's, we need to define what toxicity is and it's generally followed up with, you know, what's toxic for one person isn't necessarily for the other. So we just determine what the common ground is or what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and then go from there. So um, it is refreshing just me personally to, to see these answers are, are kind of consistent and kind of already answered this one as well, but um, this one's very specific. And this is if someone's excluded from a tournament or national team selection for reasons unrelated to dodgeball, do they have the right to know why and face the accusation? Yes, I, I do think, you know, first we're in rather polarizing times, very polarizing, some would say. Um, and, and my beliefs aside, the role of someone in a leadership position is to be unbiased. Obviously, we all come from our own communities. We all have our viewpoints, but they might not be someone else's viewpoints. And that, you know, it's it's difficult, right? When someone might have a political view that doesn't align. Um, but I do think that there's one legal issues with that by excluding someone based on their personal beliefs that are their political beliefs. Sorry, there, there are legal implications with that. But uh, I do think that, especially for disciplinary issues, um, there should be not putting any players on blast or anything, but there should at least be a unified front from the committee, be it the rules committee or relayed by a board member that says, hey, we've decided under these you know, reasons, this is what we decided and you're not a part of X, Y, and Z for whatever reason. Um, obviously, without a specific instance in, in hand, it's hard to craft a specific response, um, but I think that consistency and transparency is you know, ultimately you know, pillars to rely on Gotcha. Yeah. And I don't believe this question is mentioning anyone specific. It's just what would you do in this situation? Uh, for whatever reason, the sub, the person that submitted this question feels like that's not available right now, but, um, we'll go ahead and just leave it at, at that answer. Um, next question is how do you plan on improving USA dodgeball such that others could do the same thing without having to be on the board in the future or such that someone doesn't seek to work around you instead? That's a good question. Um, so something that I noticed in Elite Dodgeball, very fond memories, love it. It was some of the funnest times I've ever had. Um, we had issues delegating, right? We had issues, we probably could have worked through some issues if we had committees, right? Uh, something that I did talk about on the last uh, town hall that I was on, uh, I think that relying on committees where there's accountability once you're on a committee um, is first key to getting things done. Um, but I think that we should have committees that are for very specific purposes. And something that I'd floated was, um, if you're in the South region, the East region, there should be a committee just for that region. We should be able to give that committee dates and locations and say, Hey, when do you want this? Right. Um, I know that there was some issues where 
tournaments happened to fall on holidays or, you know, someone had to choose between Easter with their family or dodgeball tournament. Um, I think that those things being put to a committee ahead of time um, gets around a lot of those issues. And those are things where you're not necessarily working around someone, but you're giving them a specific purpose. Uh, and, and there's something that they can contribute that is beneficial to their region specifically, right? That's only one small instance, but you can do this with a lot of different things. I think that the rules committee needs to come back. Uh, I looked at the code of conduct a little earlier. Um, I saw the date of 2017 on it. Uh, I think maybe we should have a second look at that, right? So there are committees that can come through and at least double check our work, right? It's been a little while. Can you review this? If there's any feedback, let's talk about it. We'll bring it to the board. Um, but that is a level of including members of the community that aren't necessarily on the board. And that's ultimately how people would get exposure to seeing if they want to you know, contribute more and maybe they could see themselves on a board position down the road. Um, so, yeah. Kind of wanted to ask this question on my own and that's, uh, you know, obviously I know about you, I know about your history, I know what you've done with Elite and then listening to your answers regarding growing leagues from um, the ground up and on the recreational level, um, like how would you, how would you prioritize like, like growth? So, you know, is the answer more elite based tournaments? Is it more recreational? Um, you know, how would you balance that out? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that that's the elephant in the room, right? Um, I think that that's what a lot of us are the most familiar with is that premier style play. Um, and before getting to, to answering that question, uh, I do just want to preface with, um, all of the work that Jake and USA Dodgeball has done since elite has been phenomenal. I think that throughout the pandemic and throughout the last couple of years, um, we got through a really difficult time and we're still an organization and we're still growing and we still have a big community base and for that. I think that we're all very, very thankful. Um, I do think that from an objective viewpoint, we need to think about what our mission is and how we want to grow the sport at a competitive level. We did talk about the community aspect where we grow the leagues. We do some local tournaments, that kind of thing. I think that, you know, we're going into our first USA nationals where we're going to have four days of dodgeball and four different ball types, two of which I don't think a lot of the communities really had a lot of exposure to. Yes, there's foam, the WDBF aspect, um, but that was never really in the elite um, curriculum, if you will. Uh, and I don't think that USA Dodgeball and the Premier League, you know, had cloth or foam outside of like the Erie Combine and the Vegas one. Um, I think that we as a community need to think hard about what direction that we think the sport will grow the most in. I'm not necessarily sure that four days of dodgeball in a row is the best for the health of players um, or the best venue to show people in, in their peak performance, right? If I played four days of dodgeball, I'm not throwing lightning on that fourth day. You know, um, I think that we should consider very strongly having two nationals, one that's geared towards the international play. And that's something where we can scout uh, teams or prospects that might be a good fit to travel to other countries to play foam and cloth. Uh, and then I think that we should have something that's the core of what we've all been playing for the last seven, eight, nine years, uh, which is those thing in 8.5, right? Maybe some pinch in there. That's, uh, I love pinch, but I know it's not everyone's, everyone's game. But my point is, is, we need to evaluate what our core competency is and we still have a community that we need to serve 
And I think that maybe looking at the tournament structure and seeing there's a large gap in competitiveness between some teams uh, on the East. I know that we had some trouble getting tournaments in the South. Um, and, and it, you know, there's been uh, some attrition over the last couple of years. And so I think, you know, the diehards are still there, right? And I think that there is a large gap in experience because of that. And I think we should have a, a, a meaningful discussion about having two different tiers of Premier, where there's one that's a larger tournament with less competitive players. Um, and then, you know, regional tournaments that everyone can go to that are to showcase the best that we have in each region, right? Where it's an A-team cap or something to that effect where, you know, it's a coveted spot, right? And if you do well in these local tournaments or, you know, maybe the anarchies and the rises are, you know, grandfathered into the premier and, you know, there's another tier below that that, you know, if you place in the top, you know, so positions, you get a bid in. The details we would have to, you know, really delve into. But I think um, looking back at just the structure, I think that we have a rebuilding phase that needs to occur. And I'm not sure that the current model is the best for that. Um, but I hope that answered your question. I, I kind of ranted a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, and this is, I mean, this is my seventh or eighth interview. So unfortunately, I get to have a little bit more of a of a rhythm going. And one of the things that me just having been around for so long have always wanted to see is um, divisions. And I know we would argue we don't have time or room or enough people for that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you, you can't have teams like Anarchy or Crisis or, you know, Rise beaten on brand new teams that are still trying to get their, their feet wet, so to speak. And you, you can't like, you can't tell them to, Hey, take it easy. Cause they don't want to do that. They feel like it's a waste of their time and it, it doesn't really benefit anybody. So one of the things that I got to get into with Kevin was discussing his plan. So I do want to start asking the remaining board member hopefuls, um, what their plan is. Like, are we going to try to replicate, replicate elite? Are we going to keep things the way they are? Um, et cetera, et cetera. So at the risk of me going any longer, um, that's just something I wanted to start asking moving forward. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you're good one thing answer. that I will say just before we do transition topics is that, um, I am in a rather unique position having run elite for such a long time that I think that that tournament structure, regardless of whatever that we do decide to do, that is our, you know, meat and potatoes, right? We need to be doing that efficiently and we need to be doing that, uh, in a streamlined process. And that needs to be again, how we showcase the best that, that USA has to offer. Um, and so at the very least, regardless of what we do, we need consistently well-run tournaments uh, and we need to make sure that we're promoting that aspect as well. So again, I just wanted to put that in there. Gotcha. Consistent, well-run tournaments, regardless if it's recreational, top-tier teams, elite, invite-only-esque, but just standardized Absolutely. across the board. Gotcha. Yeah, and that's, again... Um, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I don't know. I think I've run the most tournaments um, of everyone. Uh, you don't have to include that, but um, I, I've just played a lot and I've run a lot of national tournaments and a lot of regional tournaments. And I think for something like that, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, getting the venues, making sure that the rules are sent out, making sure people register. That is a large time commitment. And so that's where you either 
do rules committees that are delegate to other committees that are local regional hey do you know of any venues like you know that kind of thing where you delegate that burden away from the board so that's not what they're spending all their time doing that's ultimately how we're going to grow one person can't be calling up venues in a city they've never been in trying to find space like that's not we can't do that so um we we did a little of that in elite but so i'm not sure how usa ran it so that's me speaking from my elite experience um again not trying to knock on usa at all gotcha and if you don't mind i will keep that in because i mean you are trying to essentially not not sell yourself but just dis- discuss and 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 share you know what what your contributions have been and your experience so um i think that's that's fine all around um I did, I did find a question that, um, I wish I had found this previously. So my bad to the previous, um, candidates, but one thing I did want to ask you is, or say rather is tell us about a time where you face an issue in the dodgeball community and how you overcame it. Um, I would say that most of the issues that I encountered were those spur of the moment ones when you're running a tournament. Uh, I know that the most memorable, and I think I talked about it in the different podcast years ago, um, was we were at uh, one of our rounds in Boston, and I think that someone had inadvertently, for whatever reason, either slapped the door, and it was like a glass door or something, and like it kind of cracked and shattered, and there was all this liability and stuff, and um, you know, you only had really a little bit of time to figure out what your plan of action was going to be, and so uh, me as the director at that time with the authority to make those kinds of decisions, hey, why don't you take the rest of the day to cool off? Maybe you meant to, maybe you didn't. Um, we need to figure out how we're paying for this. We're going to be in touch with you regarding what that fee might be since you broke it. Um, you know, and, and going about that in a very calm, collected manner. Hey, I'm sure you didn't mean to. These things happen. However, we need to make sure that we're not damaging property. Um, here's how we're going to proceed. We'll be in touch, right? And um, they ended up paying for it. It was all good. Um, problem solved, right? Um you know, and, and I guess the other ones that always happen, you're playing at a venue and, you know, one of the AC units is leaking water. Why? Because it's 100 degrees outside because, you know, we're playing and you know, whatever. Um, and trying to either move the courts or do something to that effect where you're trying to pretty much make sure no one gets injured, right? Uh, and those are the things that are very spur of the moment. We've had fire drills go off in the middle of tournaments where we've had to just vacate the premise during the middle of a, a dodgeball tournament. Um you know, you got to know what to do when those things happen. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Some, some actual life examples of being in the hot seat, running a, a tournament. I mean, I can imagine the amount of things that happen just constantly. Since I have for now, uh, you know, obviously if you're listening to this, this is right after the town hall. So, you know, if you want to hear more from Tim, Please, by all means, check that out as well as listen to the other candidates. But uh, to bring this one to a close, uh, do you have any like closing statements or final remarks that you'd like to uh, leave us with? Of course. Um, first and foremost, thank you so much for providing this medium. It's it's great to um, have this communication and this this avenue to express my goals and ambitions with USA Dodgeball and just Dodgeball in general. Um, and again, I. First off, you can still vote up until I think it's like the 12th at 1159 Eastern time. And if you've already voted and something strikes your fancy and you want to change your votes, you can vote again. And the most recent vote is the one that counts. Um, you know, so that being said, just to recap, um, you know, having run dodgeball for such a long time, 
I do think that I am in a unique position. I'm not trying to knock on anyone else that's running. We have a very strong candidate pool. Um, but again, from an experienced perspective running tournaments, I think that I am in a unique position to help make sure that regardless of what we do going forward, what we do do, we do well. Um, and the logistics that go behind that. Um, so again, I would just say, try to leave personalities aside um, and think about what is best for the sport and you know what will grow the community and go with that decision. So again, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been great to catch up with you. It's been a little bit since we've chatted and it's been really nice, so. Yeah, agreed. Uh, really appreciate connecting with you as well, Tim, and appreciate your time and um, we'll leave it at that. And swoosh. Wonderful. But uh, no, no joke, man. It was, it was good catching up with you and um, kind of bummed you're not going to make it to, to nationals. That's, that's a bummer.